Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 265. Today we're going to kind of look at Coach Collins a little bit and um, kind of my philosophy on practice planning and small-sided games and situations down the stretch. Um, but before we get to before we do that, I would like to give a big shout out to Dr. Dish, um, the shooting machine you need. Go over and check them out. Uh, they're a, they're a great organization. Uh, the technology alone, the versatility of the machine. Just mention Coach Unplugged and you can get three hundred dollars off your next purchase, um, especially with the new year. Um, hopefully you're thinking about uh, uh, teachhoops.com would be a great New Year's resolution to join our community. I had a great kind of like an hour and a half phone call with one of our members last night. Talked about kind of his youth team and kind of how we could, you know, he's also a, um, a travel coach and how we could kind of help him through that. So anywhere from the youth coaches, to high school coaches, we're here to help. Um, so go over and check it out. 14 day free trial. Also, make sure you go over and subscribe and like. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Um, all right, let's head off to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We're Talking About Practice. We have Coach Steve Collins here. Hi, Coach. Hey, how are you doing? So how about you introduce yourself to, to our audience? Okay, well, I'm a high school basketball coach in uh, cold Wisconsin. Um, I have coached, jeez. <laughs> Oh, going on 30 years. Um, have been lucky enough to coach uh, some really good players. Four, four Mr. Basketballs in the state of Wisconsin, which are four guys that were the best high school players in the state. Um, had a handful go play professionally. Um, Wesley Matthews, who I guess, let's see, where's Wesley now? Wesley's with Dallas now, so he's moved around a little bit. Um, so Wesley's had a long career in the NBA. Um, Vander Blue, who was actually an all-star in the D-League the last couple of years, I think he was one of the leading scorers in the D-League this year. So he's this close. Um, and then a whole handful of other guys that have played overseas, a um, couple that have tried in the NBA but haven't made it. Um, 
and uh, have been really successful in trying to give a little bit back to a great game of that I love. You know, I, uh, you know, I've, I've, this game has given me a lot of great things and a lot of things over the years, and um, that's part of the reason I hooked up with you guys and and, and to try to get a little bit back because I think uh, there's a there's a lot of noise out there in basketball world on the web right now. That's what I call it a lot of noise, and you guys have done a really good job of kind of pulling the noise and putting it in one spot where people can find it. Because there's a lot of good stuff on the web, but it's just, when you start doing it, it makes your head start to hurt, to be honest with you. Awesome. So let's dive right into it. So what is your coaching philosophy? You know, it's no accident. You've won all those state championships. You produce all these great players. What is your one thing? <laughs> good players. Uh, <laughs> that helps. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that one really good part about the game, and we were talking about this earlier when we were off uh, off camera. Is I think with with basketball, it's really important to be able to um, break the game down into small pieces. Um, and I see that with four year olds or five year olds when they start dribbling, and I see it as much with my high school guys, and definitely with college game and the professional games a two on two, three on three game. So I, I think this game is really about the small stuff. Um, the one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three games. It's it's first of all where you get you don't get lost. You can't hide. You have to be able to dribble. You have to be able to shoot. You have to be able to do everything in the game. And you know, um, I have a 14-year-old living in my house right now, and a lot of the stuff we do with him is in these small games it's against my old <laughs> against my older varsity guys because that's where he can't hide. You know, he plays five-on-five five with them. He can kind of hide and not be involved. Um, and that's why I think it's such an important part of this, of the game, and to be able to break it down into into the small games, into the one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-threes. Talking earlier about NCAA, uh, NBA, like how you mentioned, it's all small games, right, within the court. So expand on that a little bit. Yeah, you know, if you watch the NCAA's or you watch, you know, coming up in the next couple of months, the NBA finals and playoffs are going to start. The game is just—it's such a—it's—it's it's a two-on-two two game. You know, it's a for a ball screen for Stefan. It's you know an isolation for LeBron. You know, um, you know, I'm old enough that you know Kobe or somebody like that. You know, you, we'd ice—they'd isolate them, and and they're not four guys on one side of the court. It's it's a small part, so drills that can break that down and kids like it because they touch the ball more they get to shoot more they get to attack the rim and they get to work on their game you know um a lot of the drills not only the drills that i have on on coach base but all the drills that are on coach base you know are working on not only team stuff which is important the whole part but the individual part working on that working on the skill you know the ball handling the shooting and and when you do small games you have to be able to do those skills or you're going to get just eaten alive. And that's I think that's why you see the, you know, the McDonald's All-Americans or those kind of kids have played so much basketball and it hasn't all been 5 on 5 um, because you know how hard it is to get 5 on 5 at the park or in the gym that they they're just playing 2 on 2. They're playing, you know, 20 the old game of 21 or the old game of, you know, cutthroat where you just you get a free throw and you get to shoot. I mean, all those games just teach teach it so well that it's it's I think that's the key to to skill development and the key to kind of broadening your euro step or your crossover. All right. So let's say I want to incorporate these games. I'm a beginner coach. Um, yep. What are your you know kind of favorite drills and how you progress and 
Yeah. Show, so, share some of your secrets. <laughs> yeah, some of the secrets. So I think you know, especially at the younger ages, um, ball handling is the is, is if you're if you can handle the ball before you're in middle school, you're you're like you know Stefan and a little. I mean, you you can dictate the game because the ball's in your hands and kids' de developmental skills, their ability to defend, their ability to do that stuff. If you can dribble the basketball really at a young age. Um, you can dominate the game. Now that changes as you get older because people have ways of stopping you. But um, those—that's a skill, especially with the younger elementary kids. That's the first skill I would work on. I would work on ball handling. Um, and again, there's tons of coach-based ones on uh, as far as ball handling, like wall dribbles are, are some of my favorites. Um, some two-ball stuff. Some of the two-ball stuff I have on is great because um, I'm a math teacher. I, I, I'm a basketball coach, but I'm also a math teacher. And anytime you can do two balls, you know, you're working twice as much. You're working not only on your strong hand, but you're working on not so strong hand. I hate calling it the weak hand, but you know, you're working on both of them at the same time. And all that two ball stuff, all that all all that stuff is so good for for development. So that would be the first thing I would work on. Um, so I'd break it I'd break up out of practice into small pieces. I would work on ball handling. For the younger kids, shooting would be the last thing I would work on because a lot of them aren't strong enough and you know, it's this, it's a shove rather than, you know, the good form. So, um, my son, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was seventh grade or sixth grade was the first time I let him shoot a three seventh. He, he's yelling from the other room. It was seventh. So it was seventh grade. So in his form, if, if we could put him on camera right now, his form is very good. Um, because he didn't have to do this, um, and I think that's so important for youth coaches to not do that. So you got to think about how small a nine-year-old is. And if you think about it in terms of perspective, it'd be like you and I shooting on a 13 or 14 foot hoop. You know, how would we have to shove that up there to get it up there? Um, so I think that's, that's a skill that I think we develop too early and every kid wants to do it. And that three point line, I'm not a big fan of it. I think it ruined some kids shots early. Um, cause they want to, you know, there's gold out there. They want to be able to do it and they're not strong enough. They're not ready to do it. Um, so in my camps and when we do things, we close, we lower the baskets and get smaller balls, which helps. But um, so I would really work on the ball handling first, and the next step would be I would do a lot of one-on-one -on -one because everybody's involved at all times. Um, once they get to middle school, you can slowly develop that into two-on-two, three-on-three. Um, but especially at the younger ages, I would do a lot of one-on-one, -on -one. Um, and then you have to. You know, you have to contain because it's the teacher and me. You have a wide range of abilities. So maybe this group can only take two dribbles and then they have to shoot. Or this group can only work on their left hand. Or this group can, you know, has to shoot only bank shots. So you can always neutralize it. Um, the good thing I think about kids playing by themselves outside of practice is they tend to make up rules that, that balance it. Because it's no fun playing three on three when... Um, one team's always winning. So what kids do is they figure a way, and I've, and I've read books on this, they figure a way to balance it so it's even because it's more fun. You know, It's like the old Sandlot game where a couple kids couldn't hit the baseball. Well, we better do something so at least they have a shot at it to make it more fun. Um, and I actually saw it in my own gym um, during the season when my son came in and he was playing a couple of my varsity guys. Well, obviously he's 14, they're 18. His game's not quite as good, so they... They figure a way to balance it 
So, you know, they put them on a team where, okay, we're going to put these two or three guys. So it will be balanced. So it will be competitive. Um, and as a coach, I think that's really important. You know, when you're scrimmaging, when you're doing those kind of things, to balance the, the – the, the, don't always put your starting five. Maybe put two of your starting five and then put – so you balance it so it's more competitive. Um, but the progression would definitely be work on ball handling first. Um, then slowly progress to the small games, work on one and two, two and two, three and three. Um, especially at the elementary age, I would keep it as simple as possible offensively and defensively. Um, and then, you know, you can slowly, like we were talking about, put plays and things like that as they progress. And if you have an advanced elementary group, you can definitely do that. All right. So give me, uh, put you on a spot. Like what, yep. you're, 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 you're kind of like favorite one-on-one, two and two, three and three drills. And like, the variations you include, right? So I don't know. Is it like King of a Hill and like just like uh, yeah, you know, on an Colts, angle or yeah? Um, so one of my favorite one-on-one drill is kind of where you where you have to. I, it's called my cone drill, where you put a cone down and you got to basically one guy has to go around a cone and you can move them all around the court. You can make it. Um, I I use chairs sometimes, but um, where one guy has to dribble around the the cone and the other guy has to just run around the cone to defend. And then that's where you can really vary it up. Ooh, I've got some good kids. I can move that cone so they have to dribble so it can allows the defender to get in. Um, we do that drill, and I don't know if I talked about it in the in the one uh, the clip that I gave you, but we do that drill um, where they have to take charges. So we actually work <laughs> on charges. Yeah. So um, <laughs> and that and maybe that's something I got to send you guys. But there's a there's a knack to taking a charge. There really is about you know. The pre-flop is what I call it. You know, the how am I going to protect myself and how can I pre-flop? Because um, most, I don't know in Europe and stuff if they have the semicircle anywhere but college or the. But um, you know, we have that semicircle in, in in the U.S. as far as where it can take the charge. It's not down in the high school level, so you know we can take a charge anywhere, um, right under the basket. But um, so that's my favorite one-on-one drill. Um, my favorite two-on-two drill is, is, again, a cones, but I use two sets of cones. So, they again, they have to work around. And, and I'm doing that because I'm really trying to balance it. Um, uh, so then three-on-three, three, I like no-dribble three-on-three where we play three-on-three three and you can't dribble it. So once you check the ball, um, there's no dribbles. So, yeah, so it, it makes it interesting in the sense that it becomes about spacing at three-on-three three a little bit more than two-on-two two and one-on-one. Um, so once they enter the ball, they can't. So they have to, you know, ball screens aren't going to work. Uh, you know, and the game has really shifted to a lot of ball screens. Um, so I like doing things where there aren't ball screens. You know, I'm like, I want to go in the other camp. Um, so they have, how can they get open? Well, there, there's two other guys on the court and two other defenders. They got to they got to work together to get open because this guy's sitting here being defended, can't dribble, so the de- defense knows that. So they're going to pressure him. Um, so it works on a lot of different things on, on that level. Yeah, so spacing is is tough to to teach, right? Because like, yes, naturally you throw out a ball in a playground and it just all clump together. It does. It does. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna trademark this right now. So if anybody comes up with this invention, but there literally needs to be something where they put vests on if they get too close, it flickers or something. Because <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. The same in soccer and other sports. It's all about spacing and. Uh, you know, or maybe a shock, something that shocks them if they get too close to each other. But like a vest that would light up if they got too yeah. close. 
Um, but something like that. So yes, it's really about, you know, I'll stop practice when, when they get Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Get too close. It's like, all right, stop. Look, can you touch the guy that's next? That's not because you want to be able to create space. Um, so when I'm doing the three on three and two on two stuff, I'm not quite as worried about space because they have a half of a court. Um, but you definitely, when we expand it onto the four on four, five on five, all of a sudden, you know, it becomes that kind of clumped, you know, follow the leader kind of thing, especially at the younger ages. So, like, and and uh, like any principles of like how to maintain spacing. Like, if I want to explain to my uh, players, oh, maintain spacing. They don't know what that means. Like, is there? They like, don't. They don't. They don't. So, so the, what does the it mean? Yep. So w- while my so when we're playing two on. Four on four or five on five, the way I explain it is you pass the ball, you have options. Okay, Your option is cut away. Your option is screen away. But our rule is about 10 feet. If you're closer than 10 feet to your opponent. Okay, that's awesome. So let's keep keep going on for a second. But before we do that, let's go over and hit pause on on the podcast here and leave a five-star review. We would really appreciate that. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. Um, if you are struggling as a coach, if you need help, if you just need resources, teachhoops.com is your answer. 14-day free trial. All right, let's get back to the podcast. You're probably, you should move away. Um, now, this is all going to depend on what kind of offenses you run, if you run the swing, if you run motion, if you're running dribble drive. But most of them have... That 10-foot, that's what I have found is about the 10 to 12-foot space. Um, you know, they know that. That's, you know, you can grab a yardstick and take it to practice too. You know, three or four yardsticks or meter sticks would work. But if you're that close, um, that is, that's my cutting point. Um, so my progression with that is um, we do it with four-on-four four and we, we, we'll, we'll make a pass and we'll give them like three seconds and we'll stop them. And then we'll say, all right, it's like, you know, um, I even forget what the game is, but it's basically you're just freeze. You become a mannequin, and you'll see where you are, um, and then that will allow them to kind of see. Okay, spacing's good. Should I have I passed the ball? What should I have done? Should I have cut away? Should I have screened away? Um, and then that's where I try to get away from no ball screens because they they can do that. They do it when they play, you know, two on two and three on three enough. Um, so we don't allow ball screens when we're working on spacing because then what that's doing is it's bringing a defender to the ball. So we don't allow that. We have, you have to do something other than ball screen. Um, and again, especially at the younger ages, give them two rules. Okay, you pass the ball, you're going to cut, you're going to screen away. That's it. Um, the simpler you can keep it, you know, the kiss method of teaching, keep it simple, stupid is is easy. So you can't give them, you know, the 18 layers of react because they can't do it um they just can't it's but you know my high school guys have a hard enough time with with all that all those layers are just me makes my head hurt right now thinking about it so you give them two things you work on those two things get good at it and then you move on the next um it's the math teacher and me you know you work on adding and subtracting and then you worry about multiplying and dividing so for all those youth coaches out there try to keep it as simple as you can Give them a couple set of rules as far as spacing goes. And then once they have those two rules, then go on to the next ones. Okay, now maybe we're going to double screen away or we're going to work, worry about, you know, here are our five bases. You know, you can worry about all that stuff after they get the simple stuff down. 
Okay, sounds like when you're playing three on three, you have like a specific theme. So you have a theme for spacing, and in order to do that, you just pass, no dribbling. Let's say you want like, what are the themes you sometimes throw out there? For 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 or for doing small game stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. like the no like the no dribble stuff, we work on types of shots they take. Um, we talk to talk about how many passes they have to make. Um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in the bank shot, so sometimes we will play th we'll we'll play three and three until someone can get a bank shot. Um, I think it's a lost arc. Uh, so so you know, why bank shots? Why why do you think? That's important. Well, and I haven't done a lot on bank shots on, as far as videos yet, and I'm going to have to do that. But again, I haven't taught geometry in probably 20 years. But that little square on the, that never moves, and if you hit the right spot with the ball, it's going in. You know, it's it's all the you know um, all those smart basketballs that are out there now. You know, the Wilson X and all the other ones. You know, they basically what are they talking about? They're talking, you know, the no. I think it's the old Noah. Which basically talks about the arc of the basketball. Well, it's the same principle with shooting. If you hit a specific spot on that board, it's always going to go in. Um, it's all it is. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't seen a three point bank shooter yet. I, I am. I really am um, because if 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 you practice it enough, it's always going to go in, and it wouldn't matter how much pressure you get. Um, it would be a really difficult shot to get good at. I think. And there's some velocity issues, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm just surprised we haven't seen it. And That's we have, and we've lost the mid-range game. You know, I don't know your philosophy on that, but you know, what are people doing now? They're shooting layups and they're shooting threes. Um, so that mid-range 12 footer, if you can bank it, it's a pretty good, consistent shot. And I'm old, you know, so I I, I remember the days when everyone shot bank shots. If you were at an angle, it was a bank shot, and it always went in. Um, so we do that, uh, you know, my guys still fight me on the bank shot, but, um, we'll do things where, you know, you have to set a ball screen before you can score or everyone's got to touch the ball three times or, you know, um, an offensive rebound is worth two points rather than one, you know, or, um, you know, cause usually when we play these games, we, everything's worth one. Um, so we can do those kind of things. You know, I, my teams have always rebounded really well, so you know we ha we always in practice, which I think is important. We always emphasize what we want them to be able to do, and crashing the boards is <laughs> is something that everybody can do. Um, and there's a lot of points to be had. I said that's selfish time. You know, offensive rebounds is selfish time. You get the ball, you can shoot it as many times as you want. I don't care. You know, it's not like the continuity of our offense and. Johnny, you shouldn't shoot that shot because that's 12 feet out of your range. Um, but if you get an offensive rebound and you're two feet from the basket, yeah, you're going to shoot it. Go right back up. So um, it's such a game of it's such a game of um, five guys kind of working together in a dance. But there are times where you can be selfish. The free throw line, you can be selfish. Offensive rebounds, you can be selfish. Those kind of things. So you brought up a great point. Rebounding, like that's one of the biggest requests we get like rebounding drills no one seems really? to have oh, great it's rebounding drills i got tons of rebounding drills okay it seems like yeah so share like how do you develop a great rebounding how do you develop well first of all it's got to come from in here right. um you got to emphasize it i mean there is definitely a scale there are some you know watch a michigan state team they all he, he recruits offensive rebounders he just does i know i know Izzo, and that's what he does and he, he, the gritty kind of guys that just go after it. Um, 
but there are there are you know you basically have to emphasize it in every drill you do and you have to reward the kids that that do it um and the way you reward them is you tell them you got to play on their egos a little bit that you know this is a spot where you can get points if you get the rebound you get to shoot again and you're going to get to go to the free throw line because half time you're going to get fouled when you get that offensive glass um it also is um, a lot of heart and a lot of effort. It's hard work to go off after that offensive glass. Um, the defensive glass is a whole different ball game. Um, <laughs> the, I, a great story. We're, we're in the, we're our playoffs and we're in the, uh, the round of 32, I think in the state. And we had been, we played a team that had a seven footer and we were, and we were big. We, you know, I think this year we started like six, seven, six, 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 which is pretty big for a high school team. And we rebounded the ball, but we were really concerned about it. So we worked all week about rebounding and the ball should hit the floor. Ball should hit the floor. You should, everyone should box out the guards to the point where the ball would hit the floor. And we got really good at it at the end of the week. The first, first three or four possessions we come down, they shoot it. The ball hits the floor and hits the floor again. No one went and got it. So I didn't teach them to go get the ball. I just taught them to box out and have it hit it. So, um, so that's a good drill as far as, you know, you know, what we do too. And we have, um, we have them outside the three-point line, and they can move anywhere they want. And then we have a manager or one of my sophomore team kind of shoot the ball. And then the object is they got to try to let the ball bounce once. If it bounces once, they get a point. If it bounces twice, they get two points. If it bounces three, they get three points. There's great drills like that that, you know, it's hard. We, we've only had a handful of times that have bounced more than three times because you got to box out, like, no tomorrow to be able to do that. So... But okay. yeah, I didn't know rebounding drills. I'll get you some rebound. Yeah. Like so so what are what are your 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 like uh, finer like tips on like uh, boxing out? Do you believe in just like checking the guy, finding the nearest guy, and, and just like p- put your arm out, or you like full box out, or like well, what's the deal? Like how do I teach? Okay, so out there's a couple theories. So it depends on um, were you a guard when you were playing? Yes. Yeah, so you probably didn't box out a lot. You were no. like me. Yeah, yeah. So, so for my bigs, it's it, there's a there's a there's a sliding scale. Everybody needs to go find a body, so they need to turn and find a body. In my theory, now if you have a 42 inch vertical, I give you a little bit more leeway because you're going to go get rebounds before they're rebounds, and sometimes space is better for you. Um, I have one. I have a kid on my team right now that that I give him a little bit more leeway because. He would get a rebound before you and I could get the step ladder out of the garage, <laughs> get on it, and then go get it because he's going up and getting them before there are rebounds for anybody on the court. So he gets a little bit more leeway as far as as checking out. Um, but the nuances of it is, I really believe that you have to go find a body. You literally, I mean, if it's turn and find them and then box them out, or if it's go go, you have to. There has to be some sort of contact. Um, because as the person trying to get the rebound and the on the inside the defensive rebound, you want contact. Now, if you're the offensive rebounder, you don't want the contact. You're doing everything so he doesn't know where you are, um, because that's where you can create space. And I call it kind of the step back. Yeah, you're not going to get this rebound. Step back away from him, and then go one way or the other. And if you can do that, holy cow, you know that. That's where good offensive rebounds, going back to your other question, that's where good, really good offensive rebounds. You're not always pushing um, that contact. You're, you're eliminating the contact, and then it's creating space for you to be able to find it. Um, the good ones can actually move 
people under the basket. Like, you know, we, we had that issue early in our season where it's like, all right, you're going to get the rebound, but you're only going to get it when the ball's coming right through. The, you know, that, that offensive rebounder has pushed you four feet under the basket. You're of no use to us at that point. So, um, but as far as, as far as drills and stuff, um, you know, I would, I would, I, I think a drill that a lot of people don't do is they don't get their kids on the free throw line and actually have people shoot free throws and box out. Mm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a skill that's a lot, we, you know, we'll spend three to five minutes a week on that. Um, you know, here's how we're going to, here's how we're going to box out. Here's how we're going to try to get the offensive rebounds. You know, we, we run plays out of free throws where, you know, we'll have a chess cut. We'll have different calls where, okay, this time you're going to go screen the other guy or you're going to zigzag or you're going to crisscross or you're going to go inside and the other guy's going to spin. So it's a spot as a, as a coach, if you want um, a little bit of an edge, which I'm always believing if you can get just a little edge, free throws is a spot that you can really work on. You, you know, a lot of you that are watching this are smarter than me, but, you know, you can come up with little different tricks as far as, you know, calls or plays or things you can do on free throws. It really work well. I mean, because nobody spends any time on it, to be honest with you. All right. So we're on topic of this is interesting because you're practicing things that a lot of people don't really practice, like rebounding out of a free throw. Like people assume you know, but they don't practice it. Uh, and then also you practice, we practice, excuse me, we practice, we practice down three with two minutes ago. We practice up 15 talking about the NCAAs with four minutes ago. We, you know, we want to, we want to stay title when we were down in 2011. I think we were down eight with less than a minute to go and we just start following and hitting shots and it, you know, you have to kit, put kids, we practice the jump ball and there's only one of them. Because we want to be able to score on that initial possession, so we run plays out of that jump ball. Um, you know, one great one which I can kind of describe here is, you know, you do the jump ball. You put if you're going, let's say you're going this direction, you're going to put two guys down here on the three point line. So you're going to drag defenders from the other team down there, and now we'll we'll tip. We'll set a screen for the tipper. And, you know, he can either go to the basket or especially if you have a, a center that can run, or you'll score every time because no one's practicing. How, many, how much time do you pr spend in practice on the jump ball? Nothing. And you don't work on defending it. So if you, if, again, that's the little nuances that can separate winning a game and losing a game. And especially with a practice planner, that's, that's a, definitely something you want to do and put in your practice plan. So there's three things that already I don't do. I don't practice uh, taking a charge. I don't practice free throw rebounding. And I don't practice jump. Give me one more. You've got one more. Like maybe like oh, how many one, people miss uh, out and and do you think is important? One more that's really good as far as the uh, let's think. Um, so I I work on free throws in stressful situations. I don't know. Do you do that? Um, so. I will put them like in, in the in one drill that I do is I'll put a kid on the free throw line. He'll shoot a free throw. If he misses, the rest of the team runs and he doesn't run. So the pressure is he doesn't he doesn't want his teammates to have to run and him just stand there. So I really try to put pressure situations because think of all the games in the in, down the stretch that are so important. Um, and what do they usually come down to? They usually come down to what we were talking about. Can you take care of the ball? And can you make your free throws? Um, so that is a that is something we spend a lot of time on. 
You know, I don't spend time in practice shooting 155 free throws, but I will spend time putting them in situations like, okay, game's tied, you miss this, everyone runs. Or, you know, there's all sorts of situations that you can put them in as far as free throws go. Um, but I'm sure, I, I mean, I'm sure if I thought about this, I could come up with all sorts of other stuff. I Some of the stuff I just do on a daily basis, so I can't, all of them off the top of my head. If we sat here and talked for another three hours, I could probably come up with a bunch more. But Yeah, so, that, no, that's great stuff. So, I think I think we're just gonna stop here. Uh, okay. There's we're, we're gonna go forever. Uh, oh, we go forever. But, uh, but I'll set some of those up. I'll make some of those videos in the next couple of months, and we'll get some of those up for people too. Some of those free throw ones. That's a great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna when we get off, I'm gonna yeah. write that because I, there's stuff that I do that it would be like great. Here here's what we do on a free throw. Maybe you could try this. You know. Yeah. So thank you so much, Coach. Uh, yeah. I, no, we would love to interview you some other time and pick your brains Perfect. on another stuff. So there's a lot of stuff already in this episode. There's so. too much in here. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, that's it for this week. If you like Coach Unplugged, please, please, pretty, pretty, please subscribe down below and uh, let people know. Let other people know. Um, it's the only way you can <laughs> kind of work up the, the, the system and, and we can do new things. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for listening. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Hey, Coach, I hope you enjoyed that. A couple things. First of all, make sure you go over and subscribe and like and leave a review. Those are really important to us, and we really appreciate it. I read every one of them. That's the first thing. Second thing is make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. Wow. I can't. 14 days. You get a half a month to go check it out. Um, if you don't like it, then you go off on your way. But I guarantee you will like it. I know you will. Um, it's community. It's resources. It's you're struggling or you're not struggling. And you just want to share this great game. Go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Talk to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.